to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle of Geeks on 2SER. sweet sound of honks, which means it's gaggling time. I'm Sophie Lye. I'm Talia Latia. I'm sorry, I was laughing at the sweet sound of honks. <laughs> I was like, what goes on in that mind of yours, Sophie, that you're like, you're a honk and you're like, oh, the sweet sound of honking. I'm sure my brother would say the same considering how much he loves geese. Like, actually, he loves most fat. Like, <laughs> is a duck or like a goose? You can see him just going quack, quack, honk, honk the behind him. sweet them. sounds of fowl. <laughs> Guinea fowl, fowl. I think it works. I yeah. think it works. <laughs> and we're off to a great start. <laughs> well, this is Gaggle of Geeks, your weekly giggly dose of all things geek and pop culture, where we chat about the news of the week, basically. Basically, yeah. Mm. But it's been a big week. Huge news. Our very own. Ruby Rose. She's going to be Batwoman. What? 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 Oh, my God. I love Ruby Rose so much. I have – well, this is the thing, and I think it's a uniquely Australian thing that we get to do, Mm. is obviously we claim her because she is ours. Yeah, and it's like no one else touch her. Yeah, ever. (laughs) Um, But we have known her star potential for – Forever, essentially, from her MTV days when she was a VJ and, you know, a model. I think she was a Dolly model before that, I want to say, like Mm -hmm. Girlfriend or Dolly. It was one of those magazines. one of those model searches. Much much like Miranda Kerr started out in Mm -hmm. one of those Dolly Girlfriend magazines and then look at her now. But... Well, don't look at don't look at Miranda. Oh, where, like, where did she go? Well, she had a kid with Orlando Bloom, and then I think she, I think she's married a millionaire. She married the guy who who owns Twitter. Yeah, well, and then she got a bit weird and is giving interviews about how to be the perfect housewife. It got real weird. Well, let's hope Ruby Rose doesn't go down that same path. But <laughs> but like it wasn't until Ruby Rose was in Orange Is the New Black that mm-hmm. America really discovered her like kick ass. Well, she was in like amazingness. She was in like the Triple X sequel, yes, and like some other bit parts that you're like, oh my god, the things you do to break Hollywood. <laughs> and it must be so annoying, especially when you're such an established name already in Australia, mm. to then have to go back and effectively start again on the American stage. But I think it's fair to say that she has absolutely killed it. Yeah. So, and now it's like she's entering the flower of. Which is the DC universe on the CW? So it's Flash Arrow combined. If you don't know, yes. Um, and so they're doing. Is it right that she's going to appear in some kind of all of them come together? Yes. So she's thing. going to appear in a major crossover between Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, and then she's going to have her own series as well. Yes, yes, where she plays. A lesbian, which is a, another huge part yes. of the Ruby Rose being cast in that role as well. Yeah, well, she's gender fluid. Yes. And she's queer and it's like, oh my God, a queer person playing <laughs> a queer character. I think that that's a running theme on this podcast right now in terms of representation and roles and like it's having just... people who identify as that play the characters who also identify that. It's just... It's just like... It's a no-brainer. Is this happening? It's it's like what? It's it's and, not Sky Yo. What? <laughs> it's happening, and it's that easy. It's not a lot of work. What? 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 Crazy? Really? Crazy? Sorry. I loved um, Ruby Rose's like announcement that mm. she was going to be playing this role, and she because um, she was on Instagram, and she said, "The bat is out of the bag, and I am beyond thrilled and honoured. I'm also an emotional wreck because mm-hmm. this is a childhood dream. This is something I would have died to have seen on TV when I was a young member of the LG." LGBT community who never felt represented on TV and felt alone and different. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, God. And it's just like you can't feel bad or, yeah, you just obviously wish her the best of everything that she does in there. But I actually think that she would she would be fantastic. She's going to kill it. And, like, Kate Kane, who she's playing, who is Batwoman, like, yeah. she's she's been openly queer throughout the comic books, like... 
they've never hidden that fact. Yeah. And it's like, yes. Yes. Yeah. You're going to be there. And the DC, like, DC on TV, they've been really good with representation. They've had a, quite a few queer characters. Yeah. Um, so Sarah Lance, Anissa, Anissa Al Ghul, mm. um, they're, they're queer characters that appeared first on Arrow. Yeah. And then on Black Lightning, you, mm-hmm. um, Anissa Pierce, who plays the daughter, she's like, there's like no coming out with these characters either. Yeah. It's just like they this are queer, what, yeah, and that is it. Yeah, this Rather girl is with this being, girl. Yeah. That is that. Like, yeah. there's no backstory. It is just what it is, and yeah. it's been really refreshing. Yes, seeing that. Yeah, because otherwise, it always needs to have some kind of arc or some kind of coming, coming out, out, and trauma. it needs to be this pivotal moment oh. that just, oh, I can now live my true self because I've been so angry for the, th- the first thirty minutes of just, this TV show or oh. this movie or something or other. But it's like there's more to queer people than just a coming <laughs> no. out story. It's like Angst, trauma. <laughs> no one understands me ever so hard. Oh, oh, but, oh, you're just living your life and everyone's just like, yeah. Yeah, that's like, cool. Barely yeah. bad an island. I mean, it's just like uh, bigger things, end of the world stuff happening, yeah. which is kind of like nice. But on the Marvel side of things, like, yeah, you know, like, there's barely anything there. No, yeah. Which is pretty bad. Like, <laughs> lift your game, Marvel. Lift, lift your, your game. Because, um, Deadpool is a pansexual character in the comics. Ah, oh, you would not pick I that in you know in, in the movies. No, at all. Like least pan thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Sexy, but not pan. <laughs> you got one half of the pansexual, the mm. sexual, sexual. Miss the Hi, Ryan. <laughs> but yeah, so Deadpool barely plays up as pansexual. Mm. Um, and then Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok. She's yes. bisexual, but the only the scene that would have like there was nothing that was very obvious. Obvious, about that. but apparently they did shoot a scene, which kind of like you know established that, and then at the end Marvel cut that out of the final edit. Uh, <laughs> so that's out. It just annoys me because like so, some of the scenes that they leave in there, in comparison, that you're just like. Mm. Could have cut that. Could have cut was that was that, that integral? Was that necessary? Yeah. So what's the decision making yeah. behind the other decisions? I know. But so the only like actual like on TV they're a bit better because like on Runaways, which they've just which aired earlier this year, um, they had it was about a group of teenagers and one of them mm. is queer and they actually did have her like struggling with her sexuality. And it's like <laughs> angst. <laughs> but it's like one, okay, we're getting there. We're starting slow. <laughs> It's such a moniker, though, isn't it? Mm. Struggling with the sexuality. No one's just, just like, oh, yeah, it's not a struggle. This is fine. I know who this is. It's like, no. Came out of the womb. Very gay. Hello. Um, no, there was a struggle. <laughs> there had to have been a struggle. Getting out of the womb, was that a struggle? <laughs> like, there always has to be a struggle. Um, do we know who any of the other actors or actresses who will be starring alongside Ruby Rose yet? No. So I think they're going to say how this all pans out with this major crossover event. And uh, a few more will drop. But it's going to be interesting. I'm very excited to yes. see who else. I mean, just her repping. Yeah. And repping the queer community. You're like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I did like it when... Um, What's called? They said that they struck gold with Ruby Rose, and we're like, we knew that. Australia knew that. We could have told you that ages ago. Oh, Ruby Rose. Yeah, it was. I think it was good that she left Australia to kind of get her career going over there because over here was just like, what's she doing with the Origlasso sisters? (laughs) No, it's always just like, okay, guys, we get it. She's She's, Veronica. Yeah, exactly. It was always like her. Was it Lisa? can't remember which twin it was. Yeah. But it was always with like Ruby Rose and the Veronicas. It They're was just that. Nice and, it was, yeah. and it was like nothing about their careers. It was no. always that. So it was like, yeah, go get them, girl. Go you, get them. You've got it. And oh. like, come on. That that lick in them. <laughs> like Orange New Black when you see her and she's like licking her lips and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> she just turned America gay. She turned America gay. <laughs> It's like, this is why everyone loves her and she's so popular. Well done, Ruby Rose. Ah, oh. oh, the joy. Yay. Yay. Go, Ruby. Go, Ruby, indeed. But from Ruby, um, some more interesting news dropped this week, uh, Tali. Yes. The Academy Awards. Big Academy 
Awards. In my head, I was going to start singing the Academy Award music, and then I went, "Oh, don't commit to that." Because commit to that. I don't commit think I could. To it. The fanfare of an orchestra <laughs> turns out I'm not that talented. Cannot what? do that. What even is it? It's like, dun, dun. oh wait, <laughs> oh no. It's like, oh okay. Look, let's just edit that in later, and I will go. It goes, duh, and then you'll play it. <laughs> Right now. That's it. Uh, again, produced by me. That was all in my mouth <laughs> while doing that. But the Oscars or the Academy, what is it? The Academy Awards for something in science and something fancy? Probably. Anyway, they announced some changes to the format moving forward um, because we all know that the Oscars are, as an award show, they're not as popular as they used to be and their heyday is well behind them because they have been slowly declining in terms of people tuning in to watch the Oscars. Do you know why? Because it goes on forever. Exactly. And it is very much just a lot of people in a room congratulating themselves. It is for a whole big wank. Rich. Yeah, essentially that. It is it a is Hollywood a- wank. And <laughs> the Oscars, the Hollywood circle wank, where everyone just gets in a room and just loves themselves. I mean, like, yeah, the main, the main things people want to know is best actress, best actor, best picture. And best picture. Yeah, the rest is just the kind of. The rest is like, it's that's nice, but awesome. I have to sit through. 30 mm. odd speeches like I don't I don't have children but I'm sure that's what it's like going to like your kids like awards ceremony and just you're going, only there for the one you want to hear and then you just have to sit through the rest well yeah that's what I feel and I'm like okay the only thing that the Oscars has is everyone looks very pretty yeah well and that's that's essentially what they do like they mm. must go red carpet what's everyone wearing that already takes like two hours as yeah. it is and then they get inside people go oh boring 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 then the my favourite part, which is really terrible, of the Oscars is the in memoriam to watch the people who clap. It's like, just don't clap. Don't when clap. someone ta- dies, don't clap. True. Because then it's super awkward when you don't clap for the next person who has also died. Like, I know. But how it's does like, people still not get that? But it's always like, clap for the person that like, is the biggest name. And then it's like, yeah. so everyone else is insignificant? Well, how dare you? <laughs> and that's always what it was. It was like when Heath Ledger died, Heath Ledger got like a rounding applause. Oh, and then standing it was, ovation. Yeah. And then it's like some makeup artist who also gave like, you know, 40 years of their career to Hollywood. But because no one knows who they are, everyone just sits there silently. And it's like, don't clap at the in memoriam. Guys, it's not that hard. Uh, anyway, back to the Oscars and the back Oscars, to the Oscars. News. So they announced in a way to shake up the format to be like, hey, we're cool. Watch us again. Is one, it's going to be a shorter show. Great, whatever. Thank I'm you. Down we with can that. do that. But the more controversial announcement that they made is that they're going to bring in a, an award for outstanding popular film, which of course is a well. When I say of course, I don't know what of course means because it makes absolutely no freaking sense in the whole entire world. Because essentially, what it's doing, it's creating its own category for movies that they don't want to win Best Picture. That's how I see it. Well, it's. Technically, like your popcorn fair, like your major yes. block par- like blockbusters, yeah, that they don't deem artistic enough. And this is one of the criticisms that came out because obviously the biggest movie of twenty eighteen, yeah, Black Panther, mm. which should falls in both categories. Yeah. Artistic, but also popular Ex- blockbuster. Exactly. So it's either the question of that they go. Well, and this is the thing is we don't know how the popular film is going to be ranked. So is it going to be like a box office success in terms of how much money it brings in? Or are they going to get some, you know, crew of fans or critics to be like, you know, Rotten Tomatoes go, oh, well, this was the most popular film. You are nominated for popular film. And the problem with that is, though, is that like... Essentially, it could be denying Black Panther the the right, the outright of winning Best Picture. Which it damn well deserves. Exactly. So it's like, oh, we'll create a category so it doesn't win Best Picture, but it still gets an award because we can't ignore how popular it's been. I know, popular film. 
Or what will then happen is that you could have a film, and this is what the Academy has come out and said, is that, oh, no, a film like Black Panther can still be nominated in Best Picture and Most Popular. So it's either going to be competing against itself. Which means people within the Academy will vote for it in one of the categories, but not both. both of the categories, when it could technically be a deserving winner for both of them. Yeah. But then it's also, as you said, it's this highbrow idea of what is popular is not what is, you know, worthy. So they want films that no one goes and sees, like Spotlight, when Spotlight won. Who went and saw that? No one. one. But it's also like the thing about this whole Academy, A, it's very elitist. Oh, absolutely. And but this whole popular thing, it's like like when you sent me that, I'm like, what is this? The Logies? Are yeah. people voting? Like Exactly. And it's How just are like, are they just gonna be it? fans who haven't seen well, any of the other films and just like, no, I saw this single film and this is what I'm gonna vote for. Well, and this is the thing, and this is when it comes down to what can is considered popular, because unless you've got a panel of people voting like mm. very much like the Logies, then surely what they're going to be judging it by is box office success. And then you will have movies like your Star Wars. That would surely every time there was a Star Wars movie, oh, it's that every year in, now because they yeah. can just easy money. And so there was a thing going around on Twitter that people were joking, going, "Oh, it's just going to be called the Star Wars Award because if you're literally just going to be going on box office and Star Wars does so well all the time, mm. then this is it." But they were saying even for next year. Well, this is the thing: is they don't. The Academy didn't actually say when this new rule was coming in, so it could be next year. It could be five years from now. They haven't actually given a date. Mm. I would assume it would be next year because why make the announcement but they were saying for popular film what it would be right now would be Black Panther Mm. I think it was Mission Impossible only came out like two weeks ago well it's been very popular Um, (laughs) Mamma Mia 2 okay and this is the funny thing too is you laugh at it and you go on the one side it'd be good to see all these kind of you know like I'm just imagining all these kind of our celebrity stars on the red carpet. Maybe that might make people tune in. Maybe yeah. that's why they're doing it because imagine all the Star Wars fans, if Star Wars, Star Wars was nominated, maybe you'd have a lot more people tuning into the Oscars just to watch the cast of Star Wars. But now, this is the thing. People, like Star Wars fans and people who watch that, they don't need validation to say <laughs> they know this franchise they're already is good. There. Yep. They're already there. Yeah. <laughs> so why would they watch that? Is beyond me because they're like, oh, they need like pretty explosions yep. and shit like that to make it like interesting. Yeah. It's not like they're already in there. Yeah. And it, the other annoying thing too is it's kind of dismissive of the Best Picture Awards when they have been popular. Mm. And so it has been the popular movie that won. I think what's happened, like, let's be honest, is the Oscars and the Academy, like, the Academy, like, have got a lot of shtick lately well, the for just how terrible untie, they've been. Like, they need to untie shake-up. They're they, aged, they're old. And I think exactly, it's like they the need, Oscar's so white, like hashtag. Exactly. It's like you've got more people protesting in their acceptance speeches than you actually do the Academy doing anything amazing. So I think that they tried to be like, we're still of the people, we're cool, we're hip, we're with it. And everyone's no. just gone, no. The thing is, what you they need is more people within the academy who yes. were young, yeah. people of colour who are willing to go, no, this, this should is, be, yeah. what about this film? Yeah. That is what they need. Yeah. As opposed to... But like, actual people who know yeah. and love film, not just your yeah. average punter. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, like, you know, there have been genre films that have actually done mm. really well, like Lord of the Rings. Yes. Return yeah. of the King, 11. Yep. Yeah. Academy Awards that they won yeah. out of like 12 nominated for. Yeah. I mean, it's doable. And if they can do that for Black Panther, which it looks mm. like it was on yeah. its way to doing, probably yeah. not 11, but you, you mm. know, and a I decent think that, amount. And I think that that's one of the things is like there's there's always been a critique going around, especially for the more popular films, is that they win so many other awards, mm. but then they don't win Best Picture. And people are like, well, how can you win so many awards and not win Best Picture? Wouldn't yeah. that imply that you have the Best Picture? So... Yeah. See, last year I thought like Wonder Woman was robbed. (laughs) Yes. Well, this is because that's the the thing. I thought that was like artistic. Yeah. It had something to say. Yeah. And then did 
like touch so many people, especially mm. young girls on such a new level. Like yeah. those films should be in. If someone bloody nominated it more. <laughs> but like But that is yeah. up to the Academy. Yeah. And that's the problem, is mm. it's the Academy. It's the establishment. Who, it's the man. <laughs> Damn the man. But I do think that the Academy is under a lot of pressure, mm. especially they've got a huge spotlight on them at the moment, especially with the Me Too movement as well. So mm. in terms of the, the artists that they are supporting or are being seen to support and mm. in terms of diversity as well, I feel that they really are thinking, how do we fix our you know, PR-wise, how do we fix our image? And I think that they thought they were onto something with this one, but... No, it, they're trying no. to keep their jobs <laughs> without actually making any significant change. change. Yeah. Because the thing that would change it is if they restructure yeah. the entire academy. Yeah, exactly. And they're not going to do that because they're like, this is my job. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I have to make it seem like no one else can do this but me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oscars. Hey, Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> what Spe- a life. <laughs> yeah, what a life. Speaking of, though, it's really exciting. Um, Crazy Rich Asians is releasing, <gasps> yes. I think, this week in the US. I think we get it later this month, I think on the 30th. Yep. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> but it's the first all-Asian Hollywood film. For a really long time. Like, there was Joy Luck Club. Yeah. The Disney movie. mm but that was 20,000 years ago. Oh, God, what was I that? know like, that because I studied that at school and like I've not been 90s? in school for a really long yeah, time. I think that was like early 90s. Yeah. That I, was released. Yeah. yeah. We'll say 30 years. Yeah. Well, when it's not 30 years, I wasn't a child. <laughs> I wasn't a baby. I was I'm, rounding up. <laughs> it is I. I am 50. <laughs> it just sounded very useful. The point being, it's been so too long. Far too long. Far too long. So the book adaptation, incredibly popular. Well, not when I say adaptation, it was the original. The The original book book by Kevin Kwan. It is actually one of my favourite books. (laughs) I read it. uh, Like, first chapter, I was just pissing myself. Gave it to (laughs) mum and mum was just like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) This this joy. And so the funny thing is, is the book... Worldwide success. And when you have a book that is instantly like people cannot get enough of it, very quickly soon after the film execs come knocking at your door to be like, let's turn this into a movie. This is money. This is money. Mm -hmm. Now, you would think with a title that had Asians in the title to be like, this is a story about crazy rich Asians. And Asians in general. (laughs) You would think that they would go okay, we're going to need to get some Asians to play these characters because this is what the story is. And then you hear actual offers to them to essentially whitewash the Asian characters and be like, yeah, we'll pay you a gazillion dollars, but just make them white. Yes. So basically what happened was Kevin Kwan, who is, he's the writer of the original books, he... (laughs) Asked for a dollar so he could remain um, within the executive decision making of the yeah. film, so that they couldn't pull that kind of crap. So they couldn't pull that kind of crap because it actually found out that one of the things is that they actually pitched um, that the main character Rachel Chu, who is an Asian American woman who kind of goes off to Singapore to visit to meet her partner's family, family. who she finds out are crazy rich Asians. Um, they wanted to make Rachel a white woman. <laughs> and it's like, it just defeats the whole bloody purpose. Like, like, and it's this just... is, like, the whole book itself is looking at Asian culture and the nuances of, like, Asian American culture yeah. versus Asian, Asia, Asian culture. And yeah. it's like, what? <laughs> and it's actually a huge disservice to Kevin Kwan as well because mm. No other person would have to sacrifice that kind of money because that's obviously a decision that he has made to say, you pay me a dollar and I get to make sure you don't make terrible decisions. Like you don't have to pay me a gazillion dollars, just one dollar so I stay on this development. Yeah, and it's essentially also saying like I don't trust you with this story because I know at some stage you're going to like hoodwink me and go, but we paid you a million dollars for the rights so it's ours now. Yeah, he's like, nah, you paid me a dollar and I'm staying 
in all of these decisions. Like fighting for that principle must be so, and this what must be so hard is because like Kevin very easily could have gone, take the money, not work a day in his life, retire to some island that he could buy and just like live, become a crazy rich Asian. He doesn't need to. He actually comes from that stuff. Well, but this is the thing is like he very easily could have made more money. That's what the idea was. But instead he, not that he fell on his sword, but he had to make a stand and make a point. And what essentially this, like him standing by his principles to Mm. say, no, this is an Asian movie. It's going to be played by Asians means that there's a potential of all these other Asian films that will get the green light. Mm. Because people will go and see this movie and love it and watch it. And then people in the film industry will go, hey, maybe we should make some more of those. It's not that hard, guys. It's not that hard. But at the moment, it's got 100% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. Yes. Well. So, yeah, I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this film for so long. You have no idea. Sophie's going to be camping out. Oh, I will be. I've like called up all my mates and we're like, you Asian, you Asian, you Asian. We're all seeing this. Come together. I we are like... coming together and we are going to see this movie and laugh at all the auntie jokes because... We know they're for us. <laughs> this I feel movie like, is for us. <laughs> I feel like this is exactly the same when I went to go watch Moana mm-hmm. and also looking for Ella Brandy, like being oh. half Samoan, half Italian. It's like those are my two movies where I've gone, my people, <laughs> you are my people. I will laugh at the parts that no one else laughs at mm-hmm. because I'm like, that's my nonna. That's my dad. <laughs> but it's a, it's the little nuances yeah, that just really grab you because you're like, that oh. is my family. And people are like, oh, this is a joke. I'm like, no, no this is literally this is literally my family. I remember when I went to go see Looking for Alla Brandy mm. at the movies. So I went with my mum and my mum being Italian. And I was like, oh, this will be so great. I, I felt very much like Josephine, Alla Brandy and I were the same person already. So I was like, this is great. Mm. And there is a moment in the film where the nonna is in bed and she's praying. And as she's praying, she's kind of beating her chest and she's doing this. My mum just starts laughing hysterically. (laughs) And there are just like, it was back in Hobart. So it was just a very white (laughs) audience watching this and all looking at my mum, who's obviously this Italian woman who is just crying because she is laughing so hard at just the pounding of the chest. And so the non is speaking in Italian. My mum's losing it. I'm like, oh my God, what the hell is happening? This is so mortifying. But it was just because mum goes, that's what old Italian women do when they pray. It's just that I'm going to like really take it to heart. And it's that very small moment that gets lost on a lot of audiences who don't know mm. the cultural context. But for those people who do understand it, it's like, that is me. That is me. And when you don't it's see so it on simple. screen mm. and when you finally do, it's just that moment of, oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sophie was just making a noise that only dogs in the area could hear or recognize. <laughs> but that is the excitement and it is so very true. Mm. Yes. Can't wait for that one. So I may not be rich, but I am crazy, crazy and Asian. <laughs> you just need the middle part. <laughs> we're working on that. Yeah, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. But on the premiere was in LA. <gasps> did you see how fly they looked? Oh, of course they did. They were like rocking up in like like <laughs> Rolls Royce and Ferraris and they're just like, oh, hey. They have a standard. They have a standard oh. to keep. Oh, my God. <laughs> To live that life. To live that life. To live that life. I'm also really excited because it's like Asians are sexy. Yeah. Because like so many oh like. Oh God. The like emasculation of Asian men. Yes. Ridiculous in this film's like, uh-uh. No, no. They sexy. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell it you. It was like um Harry Chum off Glee, the dancer. Harry Chum Jr. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. in this. Well, and this is what's so funny mm. about it is for the longest time, which is totally terrible, not right, I think people could actively say that they don't find Asian men attractive. Like, And then when they do see one, they're like, that's a hot Asian. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that even <laughs> from living here. But like, yeah. <laughs> but it is that idea that he became this revolutionary Asians, Asian men can be hot. And it's like, that is so 
so disrespectful mm. and so just stupid of you. Yeah. Like, just stupid. But it's just ingrained. Yeah. And it's bizarre, but yeah. here we uh, are. Here we are. Here we are. Ye oldie. Um, <laughs> can we talk about something that made me very angry? We can. Yeah. So I'll have to play the angry. You are officially on my shit list! Yes, because um, I think that you may have already heard about the Netflix series Insatiable TV show. Yeah, so I heard it was getting a lot of flack because it was it featured a lot of fat shaming because basically, seen from the trailer, the premise mm. was girl wearing fat suit, yeah. loses weight, gets hot, instantly popular. Yeah. And essentially that was the trailer that that had a lot of people up in arms. So one of the things that they did was, and it was an Alyssa Milano, she's either the executive producer, but she's also one of the actresses in it. And she came out very strongly defending the show to be like, oh, it's not just about that. Like you're missing the context, like watch it and you'll love it, blah, blah, blah. Um, So essentially it's this actress, she puts on a fat suit and Mm -hmm. her name is Patricia, the character, but everyone calls her Patty. And then when she's fat, she's Fatty Patty. And the setup is, is that when she was fat, no one loved her. She was just overlooked for everything. She was really upset and she was living a terrible life. And the reason why she was so unhappy was because she was fat. And so... What messaging is that? I know. And so this is the thing. And this is why the critics came out like hard against the trailer to be like a... Just because you are fat doesn't mean you can't have a happy life. They're not mutually exclusive. You don't have to be like that. Mm. So there were a lot of eyes on that. Well, we'll wait to watch the show. They're like, wait to watch the show. You'll see the context. It's going to be all right. It's really funny. So So sassy. It came out Friday. Yeah. Yeah. The what's today? The yeah, came out. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what's today. Today came out today. And I was like, I'm going to watch it. Let's okay. give it the benefit of the doubt while also thinking this is terrible, but let's give it the benefit of the doubt. Let me tell you, it was not the fat shaming that I was most appalled by. There are some child molesting jokes that oh happen God. throughout the show. And essentially what happens is like, yes, Fatty Patty, she like gets into an altercation with a homeless man. He punches her. She gets her jaw wide shot as shut. And that's why she loses all the weight because she goes on a liquid diet. Yeah. Very healthy way to lose weight. Yeah, exactly. That's a great lesson to teach everyone. And then there's a side. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And there's a side story that's also happening about beauty pageants and this lawyer slash coach of a beauty pageant who is he, coaches girls to compete and then one of the girls that he was coaching didn't win a thing and then the mum got on stage and accused him of um, touching her daughter inappropriately. So then his reputation goes to terribleness and then he gets hired to be Patty's lawyer and takes on the case because no one else will give him any work because they all think he's a child molester. Mm. Then what happens is he says yes without seeing Patty but still thinks that she's fat and then she they he meets her and it's like the creepiest thing that you have ever seen in your life because it's this middle-aged man and this teenager and it's going slow motion like the hair's blowing in her wind oh. and he's just standing there with his like literally his jaw on the floor just looking at her and like you get this voiceover that's like she's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen it's amazing oh she's and a then, high schooler I know and then it's like everything about their relationship is him essentially grooming her by telling her that she's pretty Patty who like obviously was fat and therefore never was called pretty before in her life because that's how this show works okay is like oh my God, this male is giving me attention. I love him. I love him. And when one of the friends who is a lesbian, so there's an in secretly in love with Patty, so it's this whole other story that's going on that's like so wait, like wait. weird unnecessary unnecessary gay jokes. Okay. So they're going after the LGBTQ. Yeah, like they're literally well. ticking it all off and being like, how, how else can we offend people? So when her best friend calls out Patty to be like, a, oh, you do realize like his name is Bob. You do realize Bob is a middle aged old man is being accused of being a child molester. And Patty's like, well, at least I know I'm his type. Oh. And it's just like, oh my God. 
Oh, that my is God. not what that's, that's not a joke that you should ever make. And then she pretty much like runs off at some stage. Bob's wife is doing some kind of fundraiser for anal cancer. So then they just make a lot of fart jokes and bum jokes and just anal jokes. It sounds so juvenile as it's if like, like a 14 year old thinks this is what the world is about. And it's. Then the funny part is, is that Patty somehow decides that there's some court case, the homeless guy who punched her, she pretty much like the lawyer then tells her when she was fat, the lawyer said to her, um, we'll just plead guilty, get a settlement and we'll both be on our way. When when he discovers that Patty's pretty, she's like, he's like, no, no, no. She's like, pretty girls don't have to pay for crimes. You're the victim right now. And so it's this whole change. And so then it was like a homeless guy punched you. That's not good enough. So it was all right when she was fat to get punched by a homeless guy. But now that she's lost weight and she's pretty, then no, you don't have to stand for that. Then she somehow meets the homeless guy in some kind of AA thing and then she wants to get revenge and she decides that she'll do that by sleeping with him and thus forth him taking her virginity. I do not know. And then at some stage, she's like nearly about to set him on fire because she's just poured alcohol over his body. And you're watching this and literally the episodes are like an hour long. So I don't know why I was still watching because I was just like, what is happening? What is happening? And this is all in ep one. Episode one. Jeez. Episode one. My God. And this is and the crazy part about this, which is actually really crazy, is last night on Netflix I was watching I Am a Killer, yeah. which interviews like actual prisoners on death row. And yet it was today's show of Insatiable that I was like, This is crazy. What's going on right now? I cannot get my head around what is happening because it was just so it was predatorial. It was creepy. It was just oh. I don't yeah, I Perpetuating the myth that if you're skinny, yeah, white, it was and female cliches, you can can get away with stuff, yeah, like, and nothing which is healthy, nothing, no part of it, not even just like physically healthy, but there was nothing that was Mm -hmm. mentally healthy. There was nothing that you watch it and you be like, what am I taking away from this right now? Is there a lesson to be learned? It's not even mindless entertainment because you're so shocked at everything that is happening all the time and there was even a stage where old mate groomy child molester like Mm. but not child molester but may as well has been yeah is that this other girl needed coaching and so he's up in her bedroom while she's drinking and she's taking off her clothes to try on a dress and he's like doing a voiceover going in hindsight I shouldn't have followed the teenager the drunk teenager up to her bedroom I was like in hindsight in like every obvious mirror of this is of course you should not be doing that yeah whoever greenlit this show i have no idea and this is like this is what makes me so mad is especially in like this age and era when people are pulling this stuff apart going "Uh uh-uh this is not like you know yeah this is not this is not great at all in this time probably would not have flown last era or the era before that. And the thing is, is it makes you look at and go, are you insanely tone deaf that you do not see what the problem is? But then like to go back to Kevin Kwan is you've got people like that who have to fight tooth and nail Mm. to tell a story that is original to their story. That is not a story that's doing all this crazy stuff in the background too. And the other thing that's annoying is like, because Alyssa Milano was such a vocal voice in Me Too at the yeah. beginning. Well, and this so is, everyone thought that before they realised it was yeah. the black woman who started the hashtag. They were like, oh, it's Melissa Milano. Yeah. Well, and this is what's so funny. It's just like a, I did not – do you know how sometimes you go into it and you hear a lot of the criticism and you're like, oh, maybe I'm looking for that when I watch it? That was not – I did not well, know about this whole child molesting No, we were all looking for the fat shaming. Joke. Yeah, exactly. I was just expecting it to be about fat shaming, but it's not. It's just – it's outrageous. And that's just episode one. Jeez. Like, what else is going to happen? Well, oh, now not to watch on the Netflix <laughs> list. Insatiable. <laughs> yeah, save, save yourself the time. Oh, see, it just reminded me of a real-life story I read of this woman um, – she tried it. She got done for a DUI. Yeah. And then she told the police officers 
like starts ripping off his CV saying like I'm from this sorority and all of this stuff um and I'm like pretty white thoroughbred white girl and you're like what oh my god and she's like you know what that means you're cops no yes and she oh. was like five times over the limit. Like this is happening in the US, of course. But that's how blatant yeah. it is now. Yeah. This There's a real thing. privilege. Mm. And it's like the privileged people who know they're privileged mm. and therefore try and be like, doesn't apply to me. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, that's that they were the parts that I found the most annoying apart from the just like crass jokes. Yeah. Was this suggestion or this idea like you're pretty now. You can get away with stuff because you're pretty. Hot but people can do whatever they want. But why are you perpetuating that? Yeah. It's not. He's beyond me. And then it's like. Oh. Yeah. Especially when she's your hero. Exactly. Exactly. Like, if anything, if she's the protagonist of this show, she comes across as just very unhinged. Mm. Very unhinged and very damaged. And not in a way that you go, I want to watch her get better. It's a, oh, no, this is very off-putting. This is not good. Mm. Yeah. It's lucky that in hindsight it's on Netflix and I'm pretty sure the whole season has been uploaded to it because I'm pretty sure if they did like free to air, like every week you get a new episode that would very quickly get relegated to the late night slot and then cancelled after like four episodes. I don't even think it would make it to the late night slot. I think they'd just pull it. (laughs) No, I think they'd like, they'd they'd put some money into it so they would. Three apps maximum and then they'd be like, we're pulling it. (laughs) Bye. Bye. It's over. (laughs) We cancel everything else these days, right? (laughs) Makes sense. Oh, yeah, don't watch it. So, yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah. Do we need a happy story now? Yes. Happy story. Well, Ian McKellen broke his leg. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sophie, I think we need to. (laughs) I need. Think we need to teach you of what is a happy story. <laughs> okay, so he like hurt his leg on his way to a performance of King Lear, which he's in mm. in London, and instead he like the pro- theatre production they refunded everyone, but he got on stage, sat on a chair, and just spoke to the audience for about an hour and a half. Oh my goodness! So not only do you get your money back, yeah, you get it in conversation with e- <laughs> sir, sir. Ian McKellen. <gasps> wow. Yeah, so he just talked about life, his time on Lord of the Rings, and just everything in general. Was he taking questions? I'm sure he was. Or was he just monologuing? Well, I don't think he monologued for that long, so I'm sure he was just conversing. And it was quite funny because you see, like, people who work for the, for the production just on the, on the wings, just, like, peeking in just to watch as well. <laughs> like, everyone oh. was all wanting it. Um, yeah. That is amazing, isn't it? How beautiful it? is that? It's just like, it's, I hurt myself. I'm going to go home, relax. I was like, no, pull up a chair. I'm just going to sit here with the audience and talk to them for a it's bit. It's also, I feel like, not calling him old, but like it's an old school actor mentality of like, the show must go on mm. and the people must be entertained. Yeah. And it's not my ego right now that needs to be like a, do you know how, I'm not calling like some celebrities precious, she says, while calling them precious. <laughs> but Not at all. They sometimes get a little bit precious in the terms of uh, fans, I will only converse with you when I want to. And other times it's like, respect my privacy. Don't go near me. Like, yeah. Left side only. And yeah. okay, you must hover arms. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very much a like, uh, okay, cool. Off we run. Like yes. maybe a scribble on a pen and paper. Like, But there's no nothing that says I thank you for following me and supporting my career. Mm. Whereas I feel like when you've got these old school actors who go – Yes, like you guys are my fans. My pride is amazing. Sorry, I've got a puffer jacket and there's just like a feather that has blown out. We were both fascinated by it. It was very much American Beauty in the plastic bag and we were just like, oh. But the point being, the fact that he got, he Mm. saw the audience, he went, this audience has come out on like, you you know, a night in London, but they're going through a heat wave, like, you know, mm. I was like, a cold night. No, it's no, a heat it's wave. wave. Like, yeah. <laughs> but to go, I will still put on a performance for them 
Mm. And a one of a kind performance as well. I know, like, like you would never ever see that no. ever again, probably. And that's the thing. And I'm pretty sure if like the crowd were like, "Hey guys, Ian broke his leg. Oh, sad. Is it all right if he just comes out and chats to you well, for an hour?" Well, because it was literally like 15 yes. minutes before the show started that yeah. they realised he had broke, like hurt his leg. Yeah. And he's just like, the "Show must go on. The show must go on. I'm just gonna sit here and yeah. talk. Yeah. And especially in his lovely broad voice." <laughs> I love listening to him. He's the best story. It's also knowing that the he he knew he was the reason why a lot of people would have come to mm. watch King Lear. So totally, he was the selling card. Oh, so yeah. he gave them, he sold them something. Yeah, that was absolutely priceless. Yeah, and they got refunds. I I know. <laughs> Here, have this one in a li- once in a lifetime opportunity, mm. and we will essentially give it to you for free. Yeah, thanks, guys. Meanwhile, his work husband, Patrick Stewart, <laughs> <laughs> or just life husband, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Either way, um, he is returning to the <laughs> Star Trek universe as Captain Picard. <laughs> Can you believe the time we live in? <laughs> We're Trekkies. And froth over Captain Picard coming back, and Once he is pro- old is new again. <laughs> the funny thing is, he probably looks like he hasn't aged a day <laughs> <laughs> because it's, he probably hasn't. He really hasn't. I mean, because he he had early onset balding, yeah, which he then embraced. I know, and so and his look is so iconic too. It is like you, he, and like a Paul Rudd, he, he is a yeah. vampire. Yes. And I mean, as soon as he puts on the Star Trek uniform, mm. it's going to literally be like, what is this time machine he has stepped in? Yeah. Mm. Like, graphics are probably a little better. Yeah. Probably a little clearer, a bit of that HD. But something that. Exactly the same. Yeah. Maybe there is a lesson to be learned in premature bolding. <laughs> Just be like, actually, might seem bad now, but in about 20 years when you look exactly the With same. With great skincare. Don't yeah. forget. Yes. Sunscreen on the top of your head as well. <laughs> you are welcome, everyone, who is rocking the bold look at the moment. We have descended into craziness. I blame the feather from my jacket. <laughs> we, we haven't cried going, yet, though. Oh, we haven't. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I've got anything to cry about. No. Not no. Yet. <laughs> Did you say not yet? I not think yet. that's a challenge. Challenge accepted. Like, you know who I think would have cried? Who? The breaker upper girl. <gasps> I'm so upset for many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Not that just that you and Blake interviewed them and met them in real life and like they are beautiful. If you friends. haven't listened to it, look that episode up. Oh my oh. god, they were so funny. <laughs> I feel like I you blew guys out the speak all... like during the recording. They were we were just laughing so much that I think we blew out some of the audio <laughs> because it was just laughter, just continuous, really loud laughter. <laughs> Oh, that is the joy. But they lived their best life this week. They did. Celine Dion. They met one and only Celine Dion. And it was after a fantastic campaign (laughs) on Twitter for them to meet. Celine. This is the thing. And this is what I love about people who have a campaign and the campaign actually works. It's just like how excited they get when they then get to meet their idols. But then I get so upset because how many times have I tried to start a (laughs) campaign for myself and no one's got behind it? And they get to live their best lives. Instead of be you for Celine, (laughs) we're going to be Tali for Celine. Oh my God. I love Celine Dion so much. She's already left town. Well, Rude. She was here last week. Um, not the point. I like <laughs> speaking of times I've cried is I cried in Las Vegas when I was like, cause she literally lives she, and yeah, performs in well, this Las is the thing. Vegas That's why every this three. World tour is such a big deal. It's the first time she's left Vegas. Well, and see, I went to Vegas <laughs> to be like, I know what we could do. We can go see Celine and happen to be in her like one week off. She gets every decade. No. <laughs> and I was like, no. That's devastating. So then I had to go see Cirque du Soleil. Actually, it was all right. They had this huge pool of water and then they had all these acrobats oh, you saw just that diving one. into the water. And I was like, someone's going to die here. Someone is going to die. Yeah, no, I ended up going to Cirque du Soleil as well. Yeah. When I was in Vegas. Did you see the 
diving one? No, I saw the sun one. Ah, uh, yes. That yep. was good. Well, and I got like last minute tickets and then we went thinking they're going to be really bad seats. Spot bang in the middle. Really? Yeah. And we were like, what the hell, man? <laughs> what is this skill? Oh, well, Amazing. in the water one, we were away from the splash zone. You paid more to be in the splash zone. Is that a kink? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Spray your water onto me. They must love going to SeaWorld and other water parks. Um, but the problem was, is like, it's really hard to enjoy the show because mm. you're just freaking out all the time to right. go, not only do you have to do the acrobatics in the air and like carry five people on some kind of pendulum that's swinging like a trapeze, like mm. 20 million meters up high. Then you have to dive into a pool of water and not drown. Like... <laughs> So many things moment, to think about. Like, so many things to think about. How did we get on to this? Oh, yeah. Celine. The Celine Dion. They Celine Dion. But uh, you haven't watched the film yet. I haven't. I actually have planned to do that this weekend. You have to. But you'll see why it's so significant that they met Celine. Is there a part in the film where they reference their love for Celine? Do they sing it? Is it all coming back to me now? Is that the <laughs> Celine song? I, we saw it at um I saw it at the Sydney Film Festival and my friend and I literally nearly fell off our seats. Oh. We were dying. <laughs> dying. I love Celine Dion so much. I love her and like, now, yeah, when you watch Frenchness. It. Oh my god, yes, okay. If I wasn't already doing that this weekend, I am so hardly doing that. Like it's gonna be insane. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm so ready. I was singing Celine for a week after (gasps) I saw the film. Yeah, let's be honest. I kind of do that all the time anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Now I I just have a reason. I I feel like every podcast, my aim is to make Tali cry of laughter, not of sadness. (laughs) Yeah, I was like bullying HR. (laughs) We have a problem with Sophie. (laughs) She's making me cry again. It's so terrible. I just walk out of the studio. <laughs> she did it again. <laughs> oh, we've descended into the crazies. Okay. Well, that was us for another week of Gaggle of Geeks. Um, if you like us, rate and review. Catch us on the Twitters at 2SER, hashtag Gaggle of Geeks if you want. Just mm-hmm. join the geeky conversation or just look us up and annoy us. Yeah, definitely annoy us. Tell me your favourite Celine Dion song. <gasps> can we poll? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course we can poll. <laughs> we are going to poll this. <laughs> Which ones? My heart will go on. Mm. It's all coming back. To... Oh, because you loved me. Oh, classic. <laughs> I will say her, her her song for um, Deadpool was on par. On um, yeah, ashes. <laughs> Dear Celine Dion, if you would like to come on this podcast, <laughs> this is my new campaign. <laughs> we can do this. Celine for gaggle. <laughs> Celine for gaggle. Hashtag. Make it go viral, peeps. <laughs> oh dear. Anyhow, yeah. On that note, on that note. <laughs> Till next week. I'm Sophie. I'm Tali. Bye. Bye.